Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me are my co-hosts, Alessandro Senator and Kayla Morton. How are you guys doing? Doing great. How about you? You guys always have perfect timing on that, too. I always wait because I expect Alessandro to speak first, and then he doesn't, so I jump in, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to speak now. That, that, that's literally what I do for you. I'm like, okay, I'll let her go first because I'm always talking. And it's, okay, sounds, I guess I'll go. All right, well, from here on out, I'll say something first. All right, done. <laughs> it's probably for the best. <laughs> Just kidding, Alessandro. Love you. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> so uh, we are in week six, part two of our preview now. Uh, so the teams we're not talking about this week that are on bye, uh, we have the Bills, the Bears, the Colts, and the Raiders. I only want to say that because I really wanted to talk about the Bills this week because Duke Williams scored a touchdown. Yeah. Do you, do you feel good now, Kyle? Uh, pretty good, yeah. I okay. think he's just going to continue scoring touchdowns for them. I, I, I still attest he's their best red zone weapon. Not Singletary, not Foster. It's... Maybe not even Josh Allen. It's pass the ball to Duke Williams in the red zone. You will score touchdowns. Anyway, but Josh Allen, it's Josh Allen. So you probably do it once and never do it for the rest of the season. We'll see. <laughs> I don't have much faith in him as a quarterback, do I? Uh, but a quarterback that I definitely have more faith in, and I have since the start, has been Lamar Jackson. Uh, and I know that there's been a lot of comparisons. Lamar Jackson and Allen, they're both, you know, a huge part of their both players' value is the run game. But... Even in college, I thought Jackson's accuracy was much better, at least over the middle. And we get that, right? It's And even last week, he's, he's still struggling. Jackson's still struggling to throw to the boundaries, I find, deep in the boundaries. But, uh, Kayla, you can attest to this probably pretty strongly. All those big plays to Marquise Brown, they found ways to get him over open in deep middle, not deep to the boundaries like typical deep uh, wide receivers do. So that's kind of where Baltimore is going to have to win. thing is, I don't think Cincinnati can stop Jackson, whether it's on the ground or through the air, that defense is pretty brutal. Like they're, I mean, against the pass, they're the second worst in the league. Against the run, I think they're sixth worst. So it's, or wait, seventh worst, my mistake. I got to give them their due credit here. They're not the sixth worst run defense after all. Uh, but I mean, I don't see how Lamar Jackson doesn't have a, a great game. Uh, and then likewise, Mark Ingram, uh, I think he's going to, He's just going to tear through this Bengals defense, really. Uh, he's got a ton of a red zone work, although not all of it. I mean, Jackson's run enough, and Gus Edwards gotten enough work, too. Uh, but, yeah, I think Mark Ingram's, at this point, a must-play at least this week. Same with Mark Andrews. Um, just because it, it, he's still the top receiver on that team. It's a little, it's not to the same extent, certainly not the same volume or just passing efficiency in general, but it's like how Kelsey is on the Chiefs. Right? He's their top target. And he may not lead the team in targets every week, but he's, you know, he's the focal point of the offense that kind of makes everything go. And that's what Mark Andrews is for the passing offense. Uh, but then likewise, the Ravens defense is not the Ravens defense of old. Like they, I mean, they lost a lot, pretty much all their linebackers from last year. I know Alessandro, you post poached Mosley. We got Darius Smith. Terrell Suggs went to, uh, to Arizona. So uh, I know the run defense is pretty bad too, but the pass rush and the defense in general is just not very great in, in Baltimore. So I like Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, who I think I have been must starts every week, and it just continues to be so. Uh, don't... Mixon's had some poor performances this year, but they were against much better defenses. 
because the defense is so bad, I don't mind Andy Dalton. And I know in our last episode, Kayla also referenced Auden Tate. I think he's a decent play. He gets enough red zone looks too. And I mean, he's a big bodied receiver. He almost acts like a tight end. Uh, but right now he's got six red zone targets, which in, and, he, and Tate didn't play every game, but he, that's, that already leads the Bengals in red zone targets. So uh, it seems like that's the guy Dalton's been looking for. I mean, three red zone targets last week. If they're going to score a touchdown against the Ravens through the air, it probably will be Tate scoring it. Uh, but just because these defenses are so bad, I don't mind playing guys like Gus Edwards, Hayden Hurst. I, I should have even added Marquise Brown to this. I don't think the, Ra- the Bengals really have a corner to to stop him. Uh, Willie Sneed, I guess if you're you're really desperate for a receiver, you know he can at least get you a, a certain floor being a slot receiver. Uh, and he saw some red zone targets. One player I'm disappointed with, though, is Tyler Eifert. I expected a massive week last week against the Cardinals. Uh, the only reason I wasn't more disappointed is because Greg Olson had a zero. So the one league I did play Eifert in, it actually was the right decision, but it still wasn't great. And uh, the thing with Bernard is what I would love to see with the Bengals is for them to you do what the, the Steelers did a couple weeks ago, have Samuels and Connor on the field at the same time and use Bernard in a variety of different ways, but especially a lot as a receiver. Now that John Ross is out, you're still waiting for A.J. Green. Let Bernard be a receiver more while Mixon's on the field. I think that would be Bernard's optimal value, but that that's not happening. So it's he's always just going to be behind Mixon. And, I mean, maybe he gets a touchdown this week, but do you really want to bank on that? I know I don't. So I'm sitting both Eifert and Bernard in this case. Uh, Kayla, what do you think? Do you think uh, I'm right on this? And uh, do you think I'm right with Jackson in the passing over the middle? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think this is going to be another one of those games where – you know, uh, Marquise Brown gets those long touchdowns, those big plays, and everybody hypes up Brown but doesn't look at its opponent. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins suck. They especially sucked horribly on defense in week one. Even though they've improved every week, they've still given up at least 30 points in all four games that they've played. Um, I think Cincinnati can't cover anybody on the field. Um, we saw – I'm going to probably bring it up multiple times this year, but – James Conner had six guys in his vicinity, a couple man-on-man, and the touchdown he scored when Pittsburgh played them on Monday Night Football. He caught the touchdown, and he wasn't even touched with six guys around him. So that doesn't tell you how Cincinnati cannot guard somebody. Nothing is going to. Um, So I think you play Marquise Brown this week because of the matchup, not because he's a great player. Um, I think he has a lot to prove. He is a a pretty consistent player. rookie and somebody that the Ravens need on the field so it's a good play by the Ravens it's a good draft by them um, but he is not as high on the totem pole as the NFL and the media and a lot of people like to think uh, in my opinion um, but I also like the Auden Tate call you can't ignore the six red zone targets I wish last week he would have had a better play he was my I, I picked him up in every league. His uh, opportunity for a big game couldn't have come at a better time with Arizona, um, just because they're another one of those teams who cannot car- guard uh, on the outside for anything. Um, his week was saved with a touchdown, but uh, he still only had three catches for 26 yards. With that being said, that was the first game without John Ross, and Cincinnati had to adjust to him in the game and Ross out of the game. Um, but when it comes to Baltimore, I like the call that if Cincinnati's going to score a touchdown through the air, it's going to be Tate. I think Baltimore knows that Tyler Boyd is the better receiver out of the two, and they're going to put more guys on Boyd, and they're going to make Cincinnati score without uh, using their top players that they have on the field. Um, I think Joe Mixon has a 
high ceiling in this game. I haven't been super impressed, but he did impress me last week. Um, so I, I like playing both of them this week. Alessandro, can uh, I chime in? Um, honestly, uh, give me Mixon. Um, give me Jackson, obviously. Give me Boyd. Um, honestly, I would go with Andy Dalton, too, just because. Um, Ogden Tate, you know, I would play. I wouldn't play Hayden Hurst. I would play more Mark Andrews because I think uh, Andrews will get more targets. Um, I would play Ingram, obviously. But I also would play Eifert. Um, if you look at it, the Ravens are terrible when it comes to tight ends. Titans have done, I wouldn't say great, but like they've done better against the Ravens. Not Obviously, the best team is the Arizona Cardinals, but um, they've done pretty good against them. So I would uh, I would play Eifert um, and Bernard as a flex. Obviously, with four teams down, you're going to play players, but... Um, my issue with Eifert, though, is the Cardinals were even worse at defending tight ends than the Ravens. And what do you do? Two catches for 14 yards. You've got this amazing matchup that you're never going to have the rest of the year, and you do that. Well, it, that, that, that's that's calling and Andy Dalton being dumb-dumb. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't blame Eifert. Eifert is good. He did drop it, a touchdown it, pass. That, I mean, there was overthrown. That, that was that, on Dalton, to be fair, so... And so, you know, but he is good. He, he there, At one point, he was regarded as one of the better upper half tight ends in the league. It's just that we've gone away from because of injuries. And that's, and, and that's what's scaring everybody. And honestly, I think we should go back to him because he is good. I mean, just even, even at his best, it was because that one year he had, he scored 13 touchdowns. He had more touchdowns than Gronk did. And that was what propelled him to be a top three tight end that year. He has one touchdown in the season. And yeah, he's got a lot of red zone targets. But if he's not actually catching them i don't know I, I find him really hard to trust even in this supposedly good matchup which i mean well not supposedly even in this good matchup he supposedly had that last week and couldn't do anything so i don't maybe i'm i was too burned by him but it just because he didn't do it again a good matchup last week but what makes us think he's going to do it this week he hasn't had more than 27 yards at all this year and i mean even he, i mean week one he caught five passes for 27 yards that's that's pretty brutal like you get running backs that have higher yards per reception <laughs> like i don't know it's just eifert's really again he's he's a he's part of the big group of touchdown dependent tight ends who just doesn't seem to be scoring touchdowns and that's fair that's fair and that's even against that great matchup against arizona but uh as as we talk about that atlanta arizona alessandro uh, I didn't know others it. a word. <laughs> aardvark. Aardvark. There you go. Why don't you aardvark us or talk stop, about this match? Stop. Just yeah. stop. Okay. Right. Stop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go home. Right. Go home. Um, I am at home. <laughs> go to good. Go to this another home. full press fantasy podcast. This is my home. Anyways, um, so like you were saying, uh, cards and um. Atlanta, obviously, good matchup and a terrible matchup all at the same time. All right, let's break this down. So, for Atlanta, um, they, they've been having some problems kickstarting the offense. Um, but the good guys that you always want to play, Matty Ice in Superflex, and if you're really desperate in single QB leagues, uh, you're going to play Julio, you're going to play Ridley. Devontae Freeman has been struggling for me 
constantly. And when I say constantly, I mean constantly. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's not to his fault, per se. And I do mean that very per se. Um, I don't know. It's just he's been struggling, and it's not been great for him. And, you know, we could definitely use a little bit more Devontae Freeman. I think this could be his breakout game. You know, that game that gets him back on top, and the reason why they kept him over Taven Coleman. So we're, we're going to wait. We're going to see. Flex him at best if you're feeling frisky. If not, then no, no skin off your game. But again, the four teams being out this week, you may have to play. But we're going to see. Um, as far as the defense goes, I'm not going to play them. Kyle Murray has been good. Um, in terms of channeling his inner Russell Wilson and being a dual threat QB. Um, so when you're looking at the uh, numbers overall, uh, Atlanta's allowed 120 rushing yards against them, 604 yards total. That's in the upper half in terms of yardage, but in the lower half in terms of yards per game. Um, so when you look at uh, defense for passing, um, the Cardinals are in the upper echelon. They've allowed 269 passing yards, 1,346. They've been brutal, obviously, um, with P2 out and uh, everything happening. You're just going to keep passing on I don't see much of a running game. So strike that notion of Devontae Freeman earlier. I mean, if, if, if they've allowed this much, I would definitely go more passing game. So... Uh, yeah, I would em- emphasize Matty Ice, Julio, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper. He's been coming out of nowhere and just exploding onto the scene. He's he's always been more of a check down type of QB, but who in the hell knows? Um, uh, so with that in mind and QB's uh, tight ends aside, uh, for the um, Cardinals, it is also a passing game for them as well. Atlanta's allowed 257.4 uh, yards. That is just like 11 yards less than where uh, the Cardinals are. And they've allowed about the same number of yards, 1,287 yards. So, again, it's a passing game for sure. Um, so, I would definitely play Kyle Murray. Larry Fitz, most definitely. I mean, that man is just awesome. They just won her. I'm kind of rooting for him to go break Jerry Rice's record most receptions per in a season. Is that going? I mean, all time. Is that going to happen? It very well may, but in reality, with Kyle Murray, I don't think so. Not yet, at least. Maybe give uh, well, him. Well, actually, I I disagree there. I like playing Kyler Murray this week because we start we finally started. Oh, I said seeing him. oh sorry, I misheard that last part. No, no, the only thing I disagree is is that Kyle Murray's going to get him to pass Jerry Rice's record of all-time receptions. Oh, uh, oh uh, how far off is he? Uh, uh, let's see. Because, I, mean, I mean, if it's realistic. Well, all-time receptions... Jerry Rice has 1,549. Larry Fitz has 1,332. Oh, 200 receptions? Yeah. Uh, or almost Two, 200 receptions? No, it's 217. 217 he needs. Mm. That's not happening this year. <laughs> yeah, it's 
probably not going to happen unless he plays another three. Th- if, if he played three more seasons, if Fitz actually, or, or like, you know, two, sorry, if he played two more seasons, like finish this year off and did two more after, he probably could. But yeah, it's not happening this year. I mean, Fitz, Fitz averages what a season? Well, through his career, I've got his career numbers up here. I mean, wow. He, he averages, you know, a couple hundred targets. He, he upper 90s, 107s. I mean, he was down. He's already at 29 this year. So. Well, how many catches he has? He has 13, 32. And he's play, how many seasons has this guy played? Uh, I guess that's oh, 16. <laughs> or no, this is 16. It's basically like 83 catches a, a year. But again, he's not getting the 107. I mean, that wasn't that too long ago. He, three straight years of 109, 107, 109. But that was, again, with Carson Palmer. Which is, I mean, he's a first overall pick too, like Murray. But, I mean, Murray is a first overall pick, not just for his throwing. But, again, the rushing I love in this game. And Atlanta's defense, like you said, is really not that great. So uh, It's very yeah. suspect in terms of passing and rushing. Because mm-hmm. in rushing, Atlanta's defense... Uh, they're right here. They have allowed 120.8 yards per game to running backs, 604 rushing. The Cardinals have allowed 138.8 yards per game, 694. It's a 90 yard difference between the two. Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, that's if Freeman, if Freeman was getting the majority of the work, he'd be a, a must start, but it just, it's. It's tough, although he is getting more red zone work and red zone targets, and it's did score the touchdown finally. Uh, be nice. So, if so got... is he boomer bust in that regard? Oh, he is definitely boomer bust, but I think he's worth playing in this game just because it is such a great matchup. But as you mentioned, All right, I mean, so, the, the Falcons. So, 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 let's go with it. You got Matty Ice, Julio, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper. Um, you could start Devontae Freeman, but he's got to be handcuffed with Aito Smith or Brian Hill, depending on injury report. Wow. Um, don't 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 play the Landon Falcons defense. You play with Larry Fitz. You play Kyle Murray. Although Murray could turn it over, I I I tend to agree. Like I I'd, I'd much rather play the either the Washington or Miami defenses than the Falcons. Yes. Um. Just because they are so injured, like and they keep getting hurt. And it's it's key parts of this defense too. It, it's reminiscent of last year. Everything's getting hurt. The front's getting hurt. The back's getting hurt. The other side of the ball, is, guys are suspended still. Guys are getting hurt. I mean, this is. This is a crap shoot. Honestly, I would take Miami's defense over both of these defenses. That's that is... Yeah. Again, it's and it's uh, defenses, it's all about the matchups. I trust both of these offenses far more than I trust Washington's offense, especially since it's not I mean, not that Dwayne Haskins has done well this year in the limited sample size he played, but again, <laughs> rag on Case Keenum, right? But like I, I'm t- I'll target Case Keenum over targeting uh, playing against Kyler Murray or Matt Ryan. Oh, big time. And um, as as far as anyone else you play in this uh, with, um, I'll play Andy Isabella uh, because is he still injured? No, I think it's I think Kirk. It's Kirk that's injured, right? And that's why Isabella finally got some play. I mean, he got a red zone carry, but that also talk about his usage, right? He's not going to be used as much as a receiver as say a Keyshawn Johnson or even a Trent Sherfield, who I I like playing both, especially Keyshawn. Okay, so with Christian Kirk still possibly out, um. Don't play Isabella then, I guess. Um, I I mean, super deep leagues, I get it. I understand why. Because he could could break out. I mean, he's he's a second-round pick and he's a pretty talented player, so. uh, I I guess, I mean, I guess that's all people I would play then. How how are you feeling about Chase Edmonds, just out of curiosity? 
No. Even okay, and I know what's what's Johnson's status. I know he was kind of dealing with a, a back issue, or I don't want to say injury, but um, Johnson, I didn't see him on the injury report. I uh, okay, um, he for... only worked on the side of practice today. So okay, he didn't have so contact. It could have been a rest day, though. They might they may not say it's injury related. I guess tomorrow's practice will be more key because we are recording this on wednesday october 9th so we don't necessarily have all the full information here i'd keep chase edmonds on the radar just in case if johnson seems like he's limited edmonds i mean johnson still gets most of the red zone work he gets all the goal line work but edmonds gets red zone targets at least he's got two on the year so it's not but that's as much as johnson's had so um i think he's just, I mean, again, I guess the Falcons' run defense is much better than their pass defense, so maybe Ed- Edmonds isn't the way to exploit it. It is more on the, you know, a Trent Sherfield or an Auntie Isabella, because the Falcons, according to DVOA, their pass defense is the third worst, the third least efficient in the league. They're ba- they're barely better than the Bengals, and that's bad. <laughs> uh, so okay, so Kayla, did you want to chime in anymore? Or do you want to talk about the uh, NFC West division game? Um, yeah, I'll chime in here. Um, I really like playing Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Demarier Bird, Arizona's number three uh, wide receiver. The report for his injury hasn't come out yet, but he's still unlikely to play with a hamstring injury. Christian Kirk did come back to practice today. He did individual drills and skills, um, no contact, but the fact that he returned to practice um, bodes, according to uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the fact that he returned today, he'll likely have contact for the rest of the week, and he should play. Um, so you would think that that might bring down Fitzgerald's production a little bit. Um, but I actually like it to increase his production because that will draw at least one more defender onto Kirk. Um, and we saw what Will Fuller did last week. Um, so I think if out of the two who has a chance to have a bigger game like Fuller, I think it's Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Atlanta's defense is also 32nd against the pass. So uh, even if Kirk doesn't come into the game 100%, he could still be used in PPR, and I really like that. Um, Atlanta should not have the record they do for the talent they have on that team um their offense is too good I mean two weeks ago Matt Ryan threw for 400 yards and they had 10 points so it's like you know their defense is really letting them down I think Arizona has a chance to go on a streak get their second win um against Atlanta uh who else did you mention um yeah Devontae Freeman I I'm really disappointed in his play so far this year um his inconsistency is really a problem uh, I don't, I don't understand, you know, why he's struggling as much as he is. Um, but I don't feel as though I can trust him. Um, he probably wasn't your top running back that you drafted anyway. So hopefully the people you drafted in later rounds could kind of bail you out this week. Um, but I also like the Chase Edmonds call, Kyle. I think, uh, even if, uh, David Johnson is in, um, he's gotten, some of the workload for the last couple of weeks now. And if Johnson isn't hundred uh, percent, his higher number of volume of carries or targets is going to help, especially against an Atlanta team that tends to give up a lot of yards and a lot of points. Uh, and even if Kirk plays, I still like at the very least Keyshawn Johnson because the, uh, how much they use three and four wide receiver sets. So uh, Keyshawn Johnson's probably a, a, and you know, operating more as a deep threat in the kind of the Will Fuller mold we saw what that that type of player did against the Falcons last week. So Keyshawn Johnson, even with Christian Kirk, I think is is a good play. 
Right. Anyway, oh yeah, so as I mentioned, NFC West, 49ers, Rams, Kayla, why don't you yeah. talk? <laughs> um, so I liked how Tevin Coleman looked in his return from injury last week. Um, it's very encouraging to me, and it has to be encouraging to San Francisco fans and the team and the coaching staff. Um, he was a lead back last week. He had 16 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. Um, lead back as in um, consistency with production. I know Matt Breida, he split carries. He had that long touchdown right off the bat. Um, He had double-digit carries also, um, and he had that touchdown on the ground and through the air. So I like starting both of them, even in a committee. Uh, San Francisco, if they're throwing the ball, it's to George Kittle. If not, it's on the ground. Um, They're a run-heavy team, and you can't go wrong starting either one of these people, especially with bye weeks. Um, I'm going to start Marquise Goodwin also. He emerged as the number one receiver in the game and has moved up to the number back to the number one position on San Francisco's official depth chart. If needed, he's the guy for the air attack, um, and it could end up being where they need to throw more because they're playing Los Angeles, uh, the Rams to specify. Um, and also, like I said, you have to play George Kittle. He's borderline their top wide receiver. He was the most targeted guy last week. Um, again, air attacks if needed. Um, he had his first touchdown of the week last week, and he should start a streak with another score this week. Um, for San Francisco, I would start Raheem. I mean, I would sit. Sorry, Raheem Mostar and Jeff Wilson. Um, both of them are back to a very small role with the return of Coleman. Um, Mostart really didn't do much in the game last week, and Wilson was inactive against Cleveland because of the bolstering plethora of the run game with Brita and Coleman in there. Um, sleepers, I think if it turns into an air attack, uh, Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel, I really don't think uh, the the NFL has a lot of tape or enough to go on for both of those guys so they could have a breakout performance. Um, so if San Francisco turns the air, I like their play as a sleeper, but if that doesn't happen, then they bust. Um, I also think a sleeper could be Jimmy Garoppolo simply because of that air attack like I was talking about. Um, on the opposite side of the ball for the Rams, I like playing Gerald Everett. He's emerged as uh, the favorable tight end over Tyler Higby. Uh, in the last two games, he's had 19 targets, 12 catches, 180 yards, and a touchdown. He's probably available on your waiver wire. Um, even though waivers went through this morning, he could still be out there. Um, like we were talking about trying to find 12 tight ends that are better at this time earlier when we were talking about Will Disley, I think you have to throw Everett's name in there. Uh, just because guys like Kyle Rudolph has dropped off. Um, Cooper Cup, he's the number one wide receiver on their team. It's obvious, and he should be listed as the number one. You have to start him in every week in all formats. Uh, he had 17 targets alone last week, but in the last um, – he has more than 100 yards in the last four games, and in the last three games he's had four touchdowns and 34 targets. There's no reason why he should be on your bench at all. He's Jared Goff's favorite. They're going to need to throw the football. Uh, he can catch anywhere on the field, and he makes in-game adjustments so well it's embarrassing against defenses. Um, I'm also starting Robert Woods. He had 32 targets in the last three games, two under Cup. Even though his yardage is not in the same capacity as Cooper Cup's, um, he's a safety net for Jared Goff. He's also due for a touchdown, and I like the usage. That hasn't changed for Robert Woods. Uh, Rob, um, Sorry, Todd. Gurley. Uh, his carry volume is up. He's used for touchdowns again, especially in the red zone. Uh, I like that the um, 
they're using him more. Uh, I know at the beginning of the year, it was kind of suspect. Is he still injured? Does he still have some sort of issue? Uh, it looks like that safety gauge is released a little bit, and he has more of a, a leash. Um, I also like Jared Goff. He's throwing for he's thrown for nearly a thousand yards in the last two weeks. Even though that outlier game, he still had uh, a lot of yards in the last game. He's still getting touchdowns through the air, and until that changes, uh, I don't see a reason to sit him, especially in this matchup when they could be behind. Specifically because San Francisco's run game is so strong. Uh, that means San Francisco is probably going to eat into the clock, and it's going to force limited time, and the Rams are going to have to throw anyway. Uh, a sleeper I have is wide receiver Josh Reynolds. Uh, Brandon Cooks is in concussion protocol, so it's something to monitor. Josh Reynolds, when Cooper Cup went out last year, emerged as a successful independent wide receiver and someone that they really needed in the offense to keep drives alive. So if Cooks is out, I like him as a sleeper. Um, and that being said, even if Brandon Cooks is in the game and clears concussion protocol i'm sitting him he's been non-existent in the past game for the last month uh he's a number three on the depth chart um well he should be he's not listed as that but he needs to be changed um i'm not sold on brandon cooks and he's been a bust for me the entire season i mean i think that's uh pretty sound to be honest um now having this many ram starters could be risky considering this defense but you got to think, you know, they're on the brink, right? I mean, they, they did move the ball pretty well against the Seahawks. But again, this 49ers defense has been something else this year. Uh, but the, I mean, to a certain extent, though, the Rams kind of have the O-line to hold that pass rush at bay long enough to get guys like Woods and cut the ball. So I uh, could certainly think. And, and you know what? To your credit, Kayla, one thing that will slow down a pass rush like that is running the football. So having Gurley as a, in the start also makes sense. I'm hesitant with Goff, though. As I mentioned in the the previous episode, uh, I've got Gardner Minshew in the league. With all, I also have Jared Goff, and I think I'm going to go with Minshew against the Saints instead of Goff here, just because I, I am a little scared of this 49ers defense. Uh, but yeah, everything else, I, I'm all in favor of playing. Uh, I mean, Burita Coleman, it, it's scary that those running back, that running back committee is scary, but I think you can trust either of them. They both they that, that team just runs the football enough that you can kind of have two running backs produce. It was it's similar to what uh, another NFC West team did. Uh, the Seahawks last year, Chris Carson and Mike Davis at times were both startable because they both got enough work. So it, it could be something similar here with Breed and Coleman because Mostert, even though he played a lot of snaps last week, uh, you know, compared to them, I mean, they're all around 30 percent, uh, 34, 34, 32 for Coleman Breida, just 2% more than Mostert. So he played a lot, but he didn't produce. So it, uh, I think it's gonna always going to come down to Breida and Coleman as the main two. So I, I, I'm hesitant, but I, I like the call of playing them. Alessandra, how about you? No, I agree with them. most of these calls. All right. Uh, and then I will call it for this game and uh, talk about the Broncos and the Titans. Titans actually doing pretty well and have a decent defense above average on DVOA in both run and pass. Uh, definitely stronger on the run side, which makes it a little hesitant. I think if if Denver wins this game, it's going to be because Joe Flacco wins the game for them, finally. <laughs> uh, it's going to be because he's passing to Cortland Sutton and, and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I know there's trade rumors involving Sanders. Sounds like he's going to play. I haven't heard anything saying he's not going to play. I mean, if he doesn't, then it just ups the target share for Cortland Sutton, but I think both are decent plays this week, even though, I mean, I mean, they'll be take, they'll, 
Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, those aren't going to be easy cornerback matchups. Um, I think they can they can overcome that and, and have solid production. And again, Derrick Henry, I think for most weeks is going to be the same thing. And considering how far Delaney Walker's kind of fallen, I think it's it still rings true. Derrick Henry's the only Titans player worth starting week in, week out. You can pick your spots with the other guys, but I mean Derrick Henry's a must play and that's it. He must play is even strong, but I think I think you're gonna play Henry. Well, actually, yeah, in this matchup he's a must play because Denver's run defense is not very good. So it's all about Henry. Uh, now that I think about it, maybe even Deion Lewis isn't a bad play. Uh, like I mentioned, Lindsey and Freeman, I'm a little scared of this matchup. Uh, and then I think it's going to just come down to who gets more in the receiving game. And I know at times both have gotten enough receptions to, to kind of make it so that no, there's not one guy on that team that you, you say, is this is the third down back, right? It's They both mix it in that. So it's, who breaks the big playoff might be the determiner, determining factor of who you know, is the better play here. Uh, no, I don't know that you have necessarily that many better options that you can afford to bench Lindsay. But if there were other, again, other strong volume based running backs with good matchups, I probably, probably would start them over Lindsay. Uh, Marcus Mariota, just because the Denver defense isn't the greatest. Although I, uh, you know, they really gave the chargers fits last week and Philip rivers had a really hard time, even, even with Bradley Chubb getting injured. Uh, because the truth is, you know, I guess Mariota, he hasn't been relied on one target so much this year. Uh, like Rivers was so reliant on Keenan Allen that when Chris Harris shut him out, he didn't really have a second option. Uh, and again, because Denver is so bad against the run, maybe Mariota adds in some sneaky rushing value here. So uh, I'm not opposed to playing Mariota. There's there's definitely worse matchups to play a quarterback. And even though he keeps losing snaps and playing time, Delaney Walker, you know, he's a touchdown dependent tight end. And Denver's defense isn't that great. So he, he may get a touchdown this week. Um, as for the... I mean, I'm sitting Flacco. Even though I trust the production that Sutton and Sanders are going to get, it seems like it's just those two and that's it. And even if those two have a good game, Flacco may not necessarily have a good game. And I think he could take a lot of sacks and interceptions against this defense. So I would sit Flacco. And sit, no offense, sit Deshaun Hamilton. I don't know that either of those guys are going to really produce strong numbers. And I already mentioned it. Chris Harris, whoever he's going to cover, it's going to shut them out. He probably could cut. He probably could shut out Corey Davis here. So I'm definitely afraid to play him. If if, if you still have him on your team, maybe a drop guy by now. But uh, and same with AJ Brown. I just I don't know what this. Uh, uh, he's a rookie, maybe because he's done well at times this year. I just don't know that this is the best spot for him. It seems like it'd be more where they would go towards Delaney Walker. Really, just run the football with Mariota, Henry, or or Lewis to a certain extent. It's not, I mean, this game, I mean, we saw it last week with Tennessee, right? They they missed enough field goals. They only scored seven points. Denver's offense has been struggling. So this is not a game I expect a lot of production because both defenses are, are decent. And in the case of the Titans, actually a pretty good unit. So uh, this isn't necessarily a game I want to attach myself to too often. But again, the only three that you really want to start are Sutton, Sanders, Henry. And even Sutton, Sanders, I'm... You know, temper expectations on those two. Uh, okay, so uh, Kayla, what do you think of this? Um, that's interesting. I actually didn't hear about any of the trade rumors that you were talking about with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so that intrigues me. I'm going to have to look into that more. Um, I like Cortland Sutton. He he really showed up last week um, with his stat line in fantasy. And if you started him, you had to have been pleased. Um, 
I know in one of my leagues, somebody dropped him to the waiver wire, and we kind of do this thing where you can make three moves a week. You post on the message board. The only waivers of the week are the guys that were dropped the week before. Everybody else is a free agent, so you have until 5 o'clock on Thursdays to make your moves for the entire weekend. Uh, so it comes in order of worst team to first. I'm not doing so hot, so I'm going to be sitting at my computer at 4.59 trying to pick up Portland Sutton, so hopefully I'm the only person trying to do that. Um but man, you always you always hate on Philip Lindsay. Um, like Alessandro said, he's one of my favorite running backs. I mean, before we started this uh, recording, we we're talking about how you know he got more points in fantasy last week than guys like Ezekiel Elliott and James Conner. Um, I didn't think the that Denver was going to score their points on the ground or do their damage on the ground. I thought it was going to be through the air. And, you know, like they scored with Sutton, Lindsay still had 114 yards and a touchdown. Um, so that's his second best performance of the year. Uh, only second to, oh, sorry, uh, at Green Bay when he had 81 yards on 21 carries and two touchdowns and nearly 50 yards in the pass game. Um, I know that Tennessee has been a little stingy against the run. They limited Frank Gore a lot last week. Um, but that's also because Buffalo doesn't have a passing game, in my opinion. Uh, so with the variables for Denver, I like Lindsey this week as a change of pace, and he should get at around 15 targets or 15 carries again, in my opinion. Um, I like starting him. I think he's a better option than Royce Freeman. Um, I always have, and I think I always will, unless something drastic changes. Uh, Freeman did get 13 carries last week, though. Uh, and for 61 yards, but he's just not getting the touchdown opportunities. Um, so I, I really like Lindsey. I think he could score against Tennessee. Um, I like the wide receivers in Denver a little bit more, but I, I just can't bench Philip Lindsey. I made the mistake last week, and even though – why why did I think that I needed to do that? Um, well, and I mean – I know I have Lindsay in in one league. And I know I'm I'm not benching him this week because I that that league I literally have four running backs and no depth behind that at all. It's uh it's something that has to be addressed. <laughs> it's a dynasty league, so I again it's not necessarily all about this season either. But it uh, I know because I have no better options. Yeah, I agree. That's why I'm not gonna say sit him. But if the problem is he's he's just splitting time with Freeman like pretty evenly. Like even last week. Freeman was on the field more often, 54% of the snaps to 46, which again, they're basically dead even, but that's how it's been all season. Red yeah, zone I mean, work, uh, red zone work against the Packers, to your credit, against the Packers, Lindsay started to dominate, but it seems like in the, when it gets the tough matchups, they, they sort of just revert back to the kind of 50, 50 split. And when, and I mean, even against the Packers, Freeman had a good game. Um, my issue is just though it, it, as you mentioned, it's the, it, the great matchups he does well in, and then the not so great matchups, they just don't run that often. They're either behind, and not that the Titans have a great offense that'll force them to abandon the run, but I'm just scared of this matchup because the Titans do have a good defense. Yeah, and I like when you bring up, you know, the percentage of, of snaps or plays that guys are on, but in fantasy, it really doesn't matter how often you're on the field if you produce, and, you know, I, I like, you know... Do I wish that he would have more yards? Yes. But with the time that he's on the field and the carries that he gets and the, the touchdowns that he scores, I can't I, – I don't care that he plays 50%. Do I wish he played 100? Yes, because then his stats could be, you know, doubled. But with what he's doing and his playing time that he gets, I, I like everything that he does. Um, so it's probably one of those, those situations where we need to have one of those judge – 
judge courtroom things on like we had for Leonard Fournette, but that's okay. Um, as far as Delaney Walker, I think probably because you don't have another option at tight end, uh, you have to start him. Uh, you're kind of in my boat. That's how I'm sitting. But uh, I really hope that Delaney Walker turns into a, a passing option this week. I think he has the chance to against Denver. Um they really need him as a blocking tight end. I totally get why they're doing it. Um, but for fantasy, I I really hope that he gets a little bit more production. The first week when he had two touchdowns, that was so exciting. I was like, yes, finally made the right choice. Like, he's still coming through. I, I hope he gets close to that again. And I think this is one of those games where, you know, unsuspecting players are going to score points. So I think Delaney Walker falls into that category. And I really hope he does. Um Marcus Mariota is an interesting call. Uh, that's all I really want to say about it. I'm not really a Mariota fan, but I don't have enough of a sample size uh, based on his receivers this year and just the team in general to really say, oh, yeah, you got to start him or, oh, yeah, you got to sit him. Um, but he's he's someone good that you pointed out because he's not going to be on my radar to even consider, but now he is. So I like that you brought him up. I certainly like him better than quarterbacks with, with bad matchups that we were talking about earlier. Uh, I'm just trying to think of one example um i guess aren't there many great bad matchups um i mean i know like we're talking about Jameis winston right going up against the buck uh the panthers defense on a on a you know i guess for us it'll be super early in the morning but it's it's overseas in london it's not something he's accustomed to like i would probably rather trust mariota than winston in that case but again it, it, it this seems more like a super flex play uh, I don't know that you would start Mariota in single quarterback leagues unless you really, really didn't have any options. And at which point, I hope your team is stacked elsewhere and you've just punted the quarterback position, which could actually work. Um, maybe maybe it works with Mariota this week. Maybe he doesn't. So, Alessandro, before talking about your team, do you want to address the Broncos-Titans matchup? I agree with most of the things you said. The only thing I don't agree with is sitting A.J. Brown. Okay. Sorry, That's I mean, fair. Apple. Oh, I was eating an apple. No, um, AJ Brown, he's a really good wide receiver, and well, I agree with Corey Davis. He needs someone to throw the ball to, and right now, Marcus Mariota has been loving on AJ Brown. I mean, granted, the Broncos' defense is good as far as the pass goes. Terrible against the run, but good against the pass. So, I agree with the call with Derrick Henry. You, you should start him, but if you're going to start any wide receivers, again, there's a lot of uh, teams out, so there's a lot of wide receivers down. True. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm a little harsh I, on I, Brown. Brown will. I, mean, I guess the only worry I have is that what if the Broncos are seeing Davis struggle so much that they decide to stick Chris Harris on AJ Brown? Then at which point I, th- I think my justification for benching him is is there because he probably won't get main targets at all. But you know, assuming that the Broncos still view Corey Davis as the Titans' number one receiver, then it does make more sense to play AJ Brown. I mean, even if they do switch it over, then that means Corey Davis is going to get hot because the number one is on number two. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's just a matter of we got to wait and see, but I'm in favor of playing A.J. Brown. Because Chris Harris has been shutting down good receivers all year. Like, Adams had a, a really poor game. Keenan Allen just got completely shut out. Uh, not completely shut out. He still had a couple catches, but, like, he really poor game for him in a, in a contest where that could have made the difference for the Chargers. So, I mean, uh, a man's football IQ is off the charts, and we can't deny that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, pound for pound, such a great corner who really, I think, has really stepped up. You know, 
early in his career, well, he's got, you know, he's he's got a keep to leave over there and all the, that pass rush, but he's shutting down legit number one receivers pretty well. So I think we can call Chris Harris a legit shutdown corner now. But okay, so Alessandro's eating an apple. Let's talk about the game in the Big Apple this week. Dallas at New York. The Jets, that is. Just for you, uh, Al, Just for you. So, yeah. Jets and uh, Cowboys in the Big Apple. Oh, yes. It's going to be loads of fun. All right. So, first things first. Um, big, big news on both sides. Uh, Tyron Smith is considered week-to-week. Um, he is... Um, he went. He w- did not play last week, which that's their big uh, guy over there on the O line. Um, o line's been pretty good, uh, especially with a couple guys coming back. But with um, Tyron Smith out, obviously we definitely saw a shellacking of the highest order against the um, against a um, Dak. Um, the full injury report because the New York Jets tweeted out. Henry Anderson, my uh, defensive lineman, he is out with a shoulder injury. He didn't play last week. He's not playing this week. Uh, again, while this is Wednesday, that's not good things in his favor. Uh, Trenton Cannon did play last week, but he is a, did not practice today. Um, so we have the eye of that. My DB, Nate Harrison, um, he is a knee. He did play last week, and but he was not taken out, but he did not practice today. So... We'll see. C.J. Mosley is, again, out. Alan Gage spoke that he may not play. It's not looking good. Um, it's it's not that great, but we'll have to see. Um, uh, whatchamacallit. So uh, he has a high groin injury, and he's worried about refracturing it or re-injuring it, I should say. So it, it's, it's here, near, here nor there, so we'll have to see about him. He's trending towards doubtful. Did not practice that day. Clutch Hill Stanley, the shoulder. He's dealing with shoulder and knee and now a new illness. Illness, excuse me. He's a way past his prime uh, guardsman, and Alex Lewis was one of the, was the fourth highest by PFF guardsman last week. So I like that a lot better. Um, Josh Bellamy was limited in practice. Jordan Jenkins, Demarius Thomas, and Quinn Williams were all limited. All of them except for Jordan Jenkins played last week. So... I'm liking that, and Jordan Jenkins is trending towards playing this week. So, again, uh, Robbie, Ryan Griffin, uh, Arthur Mullet, Kyle Phillips, and Brian Winters have all been full participants, even though they all have injuries. Brandon Copeland and um, Chris Herndon are both coming back from suspensions, but Chris Herndon has a hammy injury. Um he got that Friday, but he's not been officially activated yet. So uh, we're holding off on that just now, but Brandon Copeland has been activated. Uh, for the Dallas side of the ball, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Tavon Austin was a full participant in practice, so was Randall Cobb. So I definitely see those two actually getting a lot against my defense that can't cover anything. The biggest ones here are Leo Collins. Their, their offensive tackle, who was in, in place for Tyron Smith, he did not practice near the Tyron Smith practice. Um, Van Der Esch is dealing with an illness right now, so he did not practice. Um, Antoine Woods, uh, Zach Marlin, um, Amari Cooper, and Tyrone Crawford 
all starters, all dealing with they were limited practice. Um, Amari Cooper was more um, he was more told to be limited practice rather than be limited himself. So with all that going on and all that, I know it's a full injury report, but uh, let's get to the Jets. Uh, Jets play Cowboys in MetLife this coming Sunday at 4:25. Uh, in this game, Sam Darnold is coming back because he's about from mono. Um, so I do like my offense will be a lot better without the third string QB in. And with us taking out some of the aging um, offensive guardsmen and putting in someone else, we are looking a lot better. So overall, I don't think it's going to be a total shellacking. But um, for the Cowboys, they do have one of the lower end. Um, or excuse me, one of the higher end passing defenses. Um, obviously, we didn't see that from Green Bay, but then again, Green Bay is on another level than the Jets. Um, so they've allowed 220 passing yards, a total of 1,102 total passing yards, um, 220 per game, give or take. So I do like that Jets will get some production. Um, more or less, it's going to be Crowder getting the production and Le'Veon Bell. Um, the Jets are terrible against the pass. They've allowed 1,041, an average of 260 per game. So, like I said, play Amari uh, Cooper and the Cowboys wide receivers because they're definitely going to uh, beat down the Jets. But the Jets can get the short passes and all that going. Um, the flip side of the ball. The Jets are actually one of the better run defenses. They are they ranked they are ranked seventh best in terms of run defense. They've allowed 350 yards this uh, season, a total of 87.5. No single running back has gotten more than 100 yards per game. Um, they have combined for more than 100 yards, but no single one uh, rushing uh, running back has gotten more than 100 yards on the New York Jets. So while I do think Zeke is the play here because he's a first-round pick, he's not going to get you that many points. Um, uh, Dallas is more middle of the pack. They've allowed 507 yards rushed on them, which is an average of 101 per game. So I think Bell is definitely going to see a bigger share here. And um, so I would play Sam Darnold because you need QBs this week if you need one. Um, I would play Chris Hearn, uh, not Chris Hearn, um, uh, Jameson Crowder, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and that's about it as far as Jets I would play. For the Cowboys, I would play Dak. I would play Zeke. I would play Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. But I wouldn't play the... um, the Cowboys defense just because with Sam back in the lineup, this is going to be way different than when we had my third string. So it could be something different altogether. Cal. Um, I guess for me, um, I mean, the jets are usually a team to avoid, but like you said, if presuming Darnold plays again, and again, as you said, all signs are pointing to that, that he's playing and I know they've announced it and stuff, but like, it should be better, and this Dallas defense isn't that great. I mean, they did shut out Rodgers and the Packers' pass offense outside of Aaron Jones pretty well because Aaron Jones ended up being 
the leading target, led the team in receiving yards, obviously led the team on the ground, and that's kind of how you beat them. Now, I'm, I'm kind of thinking a pretty big game for Bell's in store here. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, you play Bell no matter what, but this, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he has his best game of the year this week. And I like you mentioned Crowder, because it's someone that Darnold seems to have a good connection with. I'm not mad at playing Robbie Anderson this week, to be honest. <coughs> or is that a was that a is that a cough at that, Kayla, or is that just a legit cough? Oh, that's, that's a legit cough. Sorry. How could you play Robbie <laughs> Anderson? I make me sick. Okay, but, but Dolphin it, fan taking shots across the bow. Well, it's and Anderson has been super disappointing, so most people probably have that reaction to that. But this yes, again, but he's been playing third string QB. Well, one of the worst yeah, lines. Come on. That's exactly the point, which is why I'm not afraid to play him this week. I think I actually am playing him in one league where, again, wide receiver depth is – I always talk about running back depth is so important, but you know, this really this year's really telling you that wide receiver depth is almost as important too. Um, on the Cowboys side, I mean, Amari Cooper, again, I'd, I'll take the, the L on this one. I thought – I did not think Cooper was going to have a, a good day, let alone a career – high 226 receiving yard day i mean he found so much separation against jair alexander and we'll get to that in a bit and a takeaway from that in a couple games from now but uh yeah i mean if, if jair alexander couldn't stop him who in the jets can what, what corner is going to stop amari cooper who's still again cooper is still hey, who hey, he hey, is. Hey, you better say corner not jets because i got jamal adams yeah well exactly and I mean, maybe they put Adams on Cooper the whole time, but having, having your safety play on the outside like that could really compromise how that defense is run. Because, I mean, doesn't doesn't Greg Williams want to put Jamal Adams like 40 yards beyond, behind the line of scrimmage? Sorry, I'll keep ragging on Greg Williams. But but to my point, like, who, who who's going to stop Cooper there? I mean, and Cooper's still who he is. He's an elite-level separator who has questionable hands. <laughs> we saw all of that against the Packers, all the good of it and all the bad of it. But he's going to catch more. I mean, he got 14 targets. Michael Gallup looks pretty healthy, too. I think that's maybe the big takeaway. Him coming off that injury and after not practicing too much during the week. He got 14 targets. So it does really seem like that's the pecking order has established itself. The two top targets on the Cowboys are going to be uh, Gallup and Cooper. And, I mean, Jason Witten didn't see a, a target or a catch until late in the fourth quarter. And he got a red zone target out of it, I think. Uh, but it definitely seems like he's... He's not playing as often. Uh, he's definitely number four behind Cobb at the very worst. And I mean, here's the thing: Zeke to me is a is a must play everywhere, but DFS especially. I think that I think this is finally the game we've been waiting for with Zeke. I, I thought it was last week, and I was calling it last week. This Packers defense, they'll run right through it. Mm, I guess not. Uh, I'm saying that against the Jets. There's no way the Jets are gonna get up to a, a big. I mean, at one point it was a 28 point lead against the Cowboys. That if they do, kudos to you, Alessandro. And I don't see the Jets getting up to a lead like that. So Zeke is going to get way more usage, and I think he should have uh, probably his best game of the year. He'll fi- he'll finally eclipse that twenty points in half PPR that he hasn't done yet. I, I won't have to disagree with you. He will not. Ha- this will not be the game that he has his career year with. Just I because, mean, just just because he's still with other de- decently good linebacker uh, um, uh, running backs, and we've been able to stop them. With a more or less rookie core, so and to, to be fair, the Jets' DVOA and run is actually pretty favorable. One, two, three, four, five, six, eleven. They're eleventh best according to DVOA. 
Like they're pretty much dead equal with the Bears. And if you're if you're pretty equal with the Bears in the defensive category, that's usually looking pretty good. So to, to your point, yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe I am getting over ahead of myself with Zeke, but uh, and, still and I play, like play Zeke. Say, I, I would like to say this. I mean, since the, the the Dallas Cowboys had not beat the New York Jets since 2007, and that's when we were just a god awful that year. They, we played in 2011 and 2015. We literally did not have a run game like this or a blocking game except for 2015. We had the third best defense in the league. But 20, in 2011 and 2015, was that a year? Obviously, Romo was there, but was that one of the years where he was really hurt? 2015. What did Romo uh, do? Let's look it up. Pretty sure he was hurt. I mean, yeah. Odds are. They were four and twelve that year, so yeah. Oh yeah, that uh, he played four games in twenty fifteen. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, the Matt next year's year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matt Castle. I think Kellen Moore got some work in there too. Yeah, no, that was a yeah, that was they, a pretty. They, they they had Darren McFadden when he was on his way down, but there was that was the left the last year of the Darren McFadden. That was just a brutal year all, all around for Dallas. It's definitely a much better team than it was in 2015. To, all right, so. so so you know what? I'm not going to talk about that because that's that's just good. But we've been good as far as the run defense. Yeah, uh, you are. I, okay, I, I, maybe, I think maybe Zeke that's will fair. be maybe. there. Zeke will have a good year. I mean, good good time as far as production wants, but not maybe as not far season as, best. Yeah, no, not as best. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Kayla, what do you think about this game? I know uh, you you are in the same division as the Jets, so you think uh, do you like what Alessandro's saying? Yeah, um, I like the call for Le'Veon Bell having a really good game. Um, I know last week I kind of kind of talked about him not being super successful, um, but now that Sam Darnold's back, I like his opportunity. Um, I also like the call about Ezekiel Elliott not having his best game of the year. Uh, when they ran against a, a poor rush defense team in Miami, Tony Pollard, their backup, also got 100 yards in the game. Um, so I think that is very likely that he could come in uh, this time as well. So I think I like both those calls um, for for what you guys are talking about. All right, then. Uh, I think we can move on. So we are dealing with the Sunday night game now. The Steelers at the Chargers. So, Kayla, take it away. All right. Uh, So we got Sunday night football. And I think it's going to be a good game, better than uh, the reports coming out have been so far. Um, James Conner, you have to start him. Jalen Samuels, the backup running back who's taking carries away from Connor, is going to be out a month. He just had a scope on his knee. Uh, so he'll get all the carries back, minus maybe one, two, three to Benny Snell or something like that. But Benny Snell is not Jalen Samuels. And both of them are not James Connor. It's finally James Connor's this time, especially if you bought into him with a couple picks earlier than mock draft suggested earlier in the year. Um, he could also see increased play, um, especially because not many, not many um, reports or people know how the number three quarterback in Pittsburgh, Devlin Hodges, is going to play. He was pretty successful last week when he came in late in the game. Um, he was 7 of 9 for 68 yards in the fourth quarter and also rushed twice for 20 yards. He was connecting with first stringers, um, and I think he's a sleeper this week because with the Chargers throwing a, around a lot and picking up a lot of yards, the game could end up being a shootout. And I liked how Hodges looked in limited fashion. I think he can carry that over. 
Um, another must start for Pittsburgh is Juju Smith-Schuster. He found success with Hodges, um, and he could put up true number one wide receiver numbers this week and uh, will still be the most successful wide receiver regardless for Hodges this week. Um, I also like the start of Deontay Johnson because James Washington has already been ruled out with a shoulder injury. Um, he should be the third best offensive player for Pittsburgh and they need to get the ball around. Uh, the numbers will increase for Connor, Juju, and Johnson this week. Um, I don't like Vance McDonald. He's not being used even with the injuries to the team. Uh, I can't trust him. Um, and sleepers, like I said, was Hodges. But I also like kicker Chris Boswell. Um, if the offense struggles and can't put up a touchdown, I think they're good enough to get into field goal range. And I think he should get many field goals in this game. Um, and the, the extra points will be a bonus. Um, for the Chargers, I like Phillip Rivers as a start. Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Uh, Rivers has some of the best guys on offense working in his favor. I know Keenan Allen was shut down last week, but that's an outlier based on the way he's played this year. Um, I like Melvin Gordon. Uh, Jamie Eisenberg even has him as a stardom. If you keep up with that on CBS Sports, if not, he's pretty reliable, and I really like the the detailed uh, explanations that he gives. Um, and I also like Austin Eckler in this because with the way that they're going to be passing the ball around, um, I think Eckler could jump in into the pass game, but he'll also run the ball. It's not the Melvin Gordon show anymore. The Chargers have turned to a committee. Um, I like Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin as sleepers, the wide receivers for the Chargers. They're not injured anymore. Uh, unless something happens in practice, they're going to play. Um, and like I said, I think – the Chargers are just going to be picking up a lot of yards everywhere. The ball is going to be going around to a lot of people, and it's going to be going around a lot successfully. Um, the Chargers finally have a tight end that's come back in Virgil Green, but I'm sitting him because he really just doesn't exist in their game plan with everybody else, especially when they're healthy. What do you guys think? Kyle? Uh, well, actually, I what I want to know is, okay, so you say you like playing Melvin Gordon. How much do you like playing him? I just knowing you, Kayla, I assume you're going to play him over Leonard Fournette? Um, Probably, just because of the matchup. I think even though Austin Eckler will probably get more targets in the passing game than Melvin Gordon, I think he still will be targeted, which makes him an asset because he should see an increased volume of carries. Um, I just like him because he's getting back in the swing of things. He's now had another week of practice, uh, and I don't see where there's a reason to not play him in this matchup. Okay. Especially over... with the uncertainty of uh, the Pittsburgh offense, even though I like what Hodges could do. Would you play him over Devontae Freeman? Yes. Okay. I ask because I actually have this decision I'm facing. I've got Bell, Freeman, Gordon, Fournette, which works out nicely in terms of running back depth. So, unfortunately, it means one of them has to get benched every week. So, it's going to be identifying who that player is. Um, I think my instinct was Fournette, actually, just because the Saints matchup really scares me versus the other. <clears throat> even though, I mean, I love Freeman's matchup against the Cardinals. It's just the, the volume is what scares me there. Same with Gordon, right? I got this decent matchup here. Uh, but again, scary in terms of volume. So uh, I know I tend to favor the volume guys in Fournette, but uh, this might be the week that you can both convince me to not play Fournette. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I again, Juju's struggled, but you still have to play him. And uh, can see, yeah, considering 
uh, James Washington is out. I actually hadn't heard that he was out, but I knew that he was doubtful. But because he's out, I, I think Deontay Johnson actually does become a good play. The Chargers defense has really struggled. Like teams have been putting points against them. Um, this sort of held Denver a little better last week, but again, that's Denver. Um, now, I, I think where I might disagree with you, Kill, is Vance McDonald being a sit, especially in light of the fact that James Washington's out. I could see Hodges relying on his big tight end, uh, you know, especially if they get into the red zone, for instance, but just in, in general around the field. Um, so I, 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 I like playing McDonald, actually. I think you could do a lot worse. I know looking at Delaney Walker, someone we were talking about, I think I'd much rather play Vance McDonald. Uh, but everything, everything with the Chargers, though, I think I'm, I'm in agreement with. I think you have to keep playing Eckler. Until you see the game where he doesn't get a bunch of volume, and yeah, I agree. Gordon's probably play. Uh, yeah, and I would consider Philip Rivers. I think there are better starts, but I think there are also definitely worse starts too. Right. Alessandro, any uh, give your two cents? I want to keep it this time. Okay, keep the change then. That's what a change of things. Um. Okay. Well, then I guess. Uh, if there's nothing else to talk about there, we can talk about, first off, we can talk about Statement Games. So uh, a website that you can join for free. And if you join up on Statement Games, you'll receive 60 Statement Games coins, which can be used to enter Statement Games contests. Now, these contests are prop game styles. So they'll give you players. Uh, they'll use <clears throat> really <clears throat> a lot of things. Like they'll use uh, the Vegas over-under on a game. Are you picking the over there or the under there or the winning team or the team that is favored or the total points or individual team points over-unders on those? Um, and then you, of course, have the player stats for the props. So uh, certain quarterback, this many yards. I guess, if, you know, for our Monday night game here, it's going to be the Lions-Packers. I don't think Statement Games has that contest up yet, but I could see something like, you know, Matthew Stafford over-under 22.5 completions or something. You can pick either of those options or... Um, I know last week with the Packers, they had a lot of uh, Valdez, Scantling, and Geronimo Allison over under 10.5 combined receptions. So, you know, you pick some of those types of props. You pick 10 props each contest, and you prioritize them. So your your number one priority prop, if it's correct, will get you 10 points. If your second one's right, you'll get you 9 points. And if it's wrong, you'll get 0. Um, and at the end of the contest, the three highest people in each contest will win coins. And the contests are small. They only uh, have 12 player contest so when when one contest fills up they open up a new contest for that same exact game they do all the games but specifically though full press coverage is sponsoring a, a monday night contest every week so last week was the browns and and 49ers obviously this week we have the lions and packers so on top of everything else be sure to join statement games and join our full press coverage uh sponsored contest on monday night the best results throughout the season on monday night uh the best people there will receive uh, prizes through the, from the full press coverage merchandise store through Design Tree. So, uh, yeah, again, join Statement Games and join as many contests as you want, but a sp specifically join the full press coverage sponsored contest for Monday night. And this Monday night game, as I've referenced, is the Lions and the Packers. So, uh, first off, humble brag about the Packers being four and one. Although, I don't know if I want to brag too much because here's the thing: the Lions have won three of the last four games in Lambeau. They are on a four-game win streak against the Packers. They've gone Green Bay's gone 0-2 against them each of the last two seasons. <clears throat> now, to be fair, Rodgers played all of one of those games. He played the second game last year 
uh, kind of aggravated his knee on the opening drive, and they just said, no, it's week 17. We're not doing this. We're not injuring Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I guess that would have been Joe Feldman. One of his wisest decisions decided just, okay, Kaiser, get in there. It's first quarter, but get in there. I don't, you know, still lost the the Lions, which hurts, but definitely wasn't hurt worth hurting Rodgers more. Uh, once again, though, this Packers run defense can't really do anything. Like, it, it's, I know they've been bringing in people for tryouts here. Uh, a couple big names. One of them was uh, uh, Sylvester Williams actually brought in for a tryout. So maybe they add him to that defensive line to help. But still, that, that help at linebacker in that second level, stopping runs, is that's where they really need help. And that just doesn't seem to be coming right now. So I'm, I'll go on carry on Johnson. I mean, they, they had a bye week, so he's well-rested. He should have a monster game. I mean, I'm, I trust him more than Aaron Jones this week. And I, I really do like playing Aaron Jones because Jamal Williams is out. He's getting... All the all the carries, he's getting all the volume. Uh, pretty much the only thing Dan Vitale is doing is is catching passes. I mean, I know they activated Trey Carson. They they completely leapfrogged Dexter Williams, who's been on their active roster. But instead of having him play, they just activate. They you know they brought up Trey Carson from the practice squad and, and said, "Sorry, Dexter Williams, you you can't catch passes and you can't pass protect. We're not playing you." <laughs> so. Um, I mean, and Carson played a lot, but he didn't get any red zone work. Like, that's still, when they get down to the goal line, they, they trust Aaron Jones. He had five carries inside the five. And, I mean, he capitalized. He had four touchdowns on them. Actually, no, because he didn't. No, never mind, he didn't. Because one of his touchdowns came from, like, the 15. Uh, but still, like, so getting lots of work right on the goal line, but pretty much anywhere in the field. Like I said, he was their leading target last week. He led the team in receiving yards. And like I also referenced, Jair Alexander really struggled against Amari Cooper. I wonder how Kenny Galladay is going to do. I mean, he had some. He had a good game against uh, Casey Hayward when they were playing the Chargers, who was another great shutdown corner. So he's kind of showing the ability to make those contested catches, even in tight coverage. So even if a guy like Alexander is right in his face, I, I still trust Galladay's ability to produce to the point where I, I would still play Galladay. Uh I mean, I know for me, I have the one league I have Galladay in, he's my wide receiver one because Devontae Adams is out. So uh, it's it's a no-question start for me. But um, if you're a little deeper receiver and, you know, Galladay's a, a wide receiver three, I think he's got enough upside that I would still play him. Uh, the rest, there's a lot of maybes here because I could see this game being really high-scoring contest. I could also see it being really defensive where you only really want the running backs. But I like Stafford and Marvin Jones. I mean, against the Packers... Jones has had some great games of late. I could see that continuing here. Um, so the one thing that happened in the Packers game against the Cowboys, and they've avoided this for the most part all year, but it, it finally reared its ugly head, was injuries. There were six different starters on offense and defense that left the game against the Cowboys. And that includes two members of the secondary and Kevin King, who on his, uh, he, he got the third interception of Dak late in the third quarter. Uh, and he kind of had to stretch out and, you know, in the wreck and making the interception, it seemed like he aggravated uh, his hamstring injury, which had been, he had limit. He didn't practice at all last week and they decided to activate him and he, he seemed good to go and he didn't seem hindered by it until that play. And then they just took him out of the game. So we'll see if King, what King's practice availability is. Their practice report hadn't been released yet. I just looked, uh, just looking at the Packer, other Packers beat reporters on Twitter. I'm not really seeing much of anything to know if, if he played or not, but if he didn't play, I think Jones is going to get great coverage. I mean, at that point, the Packers will probably have to throw like a, a Chandon Sullivan on him or I guess Josh Jackson probably. But I, I trust Jones to be able to produce against that. Uh, Stafford, 
he's an interest interesting play. I think super flex. I think you definitely want to play him. Single quarterback. It's risky because the Packers pass rush. It could force him to throw the ball into some not so ideal situations. Could be some turnovers. Could make some mistakes. The thing is, it, it hurt me not to put Aaron Rodgers as a must start and simply as a maybe. I think the matchup is all right. It's not. I mean, Detroit's again. It's Detroit's what the Cowboys were last week. Above average against the run, above average against the pass. And look what that did for Aaron Rodgers' fantasy production. They just ran the ball with Aaron Jones. So it could repeat this week. So there is risk there. And thus, you know, the risk on the next three biggest targets after Aaron Jones. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, John Moore, Allison, Jimmy Graham. Not the greatest options, but not the worst either. Enough that you'd consider playing them. Uh, But it's all going to depend on who you have elsewhere on your team. Uh, I didn't have to put anyone in sit because I think that the sits here are the obvious guys. Like, I don't know that TJ Hawkinson, if, 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 I don't even know that he's playing necessarily, but if he does play, I don't know that he's a, a great play per se. I think where they win is on the outside more. Because um, the Packers, they they did a good job limiting Zach Ertz a couple weeks ago. I know Jair Alexander even covered him a couple times, which you don't really see a 5'10 corner covering a tight end, but it worked. I mean, if they remember they forced a, a an incompletion on third down where Ertz was targeted early in the game. Uh, so I don't know that Hawkinson's a good play, and he struggled outside of Arizona, which, again, is the, the be-all, end-all of matchups for tight end. Hawkinson struggled. So if he is active, which I'm not sure if he will be, but if he is, I'd... I wouldn't play him, and I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't risk it on a Monday night like that either. Like I'd rather play a tight end that I know is playing. Um, trying to think of who else. I, Jake Kumaro. I'd rather trust a Valdez Scantling or Allison. Um, so I don't know that Kumaro's that playable. I'd probably sit him. Not that he's rostered in too many places, deep leagues maybe. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think of Monday night game? Um, I'm concerned about Kenny Galladay, kind of like you mentioned. Um, I think just because Detroit is going to have to move the ball, it's still safe to start him. Um, But if you're going to start him, I also like Marvin Jones because I feel like Detroit is going to need to rely a little bit more on the passing game um, and kind of do not a 50-50, but just give more uh, passes to the runs that Carryon Johnson has. Uh, Carryon Johnson has surprised me this year. I'm not big on him, but he has surprised me in the success that he's found. Um, so I think the only thing I would do is move Marvin Jones up to a start for Detroit. Um, obviously, you have to start Aaron Jones, like you said. There's no question. Um, I think Matthew Stafford could be a sleeper, like you have in the maybe spot, um, just because I feel like this could be a game similar to Kansas City in the way that Stafford's going to have to play to give them a chance to win. Uh, and like you said, the success in Lambeau with Detroit, um, you can't really ignore that either. Just like you, you people shouldn't have ignored uh, the way that Russell Wilson plays in prime time or the fact that he was 7-1 and one going into that Thursday night game on Thursday night football. Um, so I think you know that does have something to do with it. That's looking a little bit deeper into things. Uh, but yeah, my my only real thing would be to move up Marvin Jones and not be so high on Kenny Galladay. But I think if the Lions want to win, they're both going to have to play uh, really consistently, consistently and consistently well. I actually was tempted to put Jones in the in this must start category and Marvin Jones, that is. So um, maybe I should trust my gut there because I. You're right. He he may actually end up with a better game than Galladay just because of the coverage that he's going to face. Yeah. Alessandro? Oh, sorry, Kayla, if you have something else to say. Oh, never mind. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, Alessandro, do you want to add anything uh, about this matchup? Um, the only thing I would add for this matchup, uh, just because um, I, I don't know if you said it or not, um, I would definitely em- emphasize carry on Johnson. Um, I understand that the Eagles running backs could be better than carry on. I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying that there's a possibility they have a better edge to this. But if uh, the Eagles running backs can run down carry on Johnson, I, I would definitely start him 100%. And Aaron Jones. I mean, the, those two just literally just lit it up last week against defenses that were supposedly good against uh, the run. So I would do them. I also start would start MVS, um, but I would never. But I wouldn't start Drama Allison. I think there's one too many good players going right there. And um, but I wouldn't start Jimmy Graham. I'm not. I'm not feeling the Graham right now. He's uh. Been a little bit of a disappointment for me, and not in terms of fantasy, but just overall. I feel like they're starting to trend away from him, and he has to do more to make more. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I think just the nature of Adams being out, they did target him more because they didn't really do that against the Eagles until Adams was out. Then they started targeting him a lot in the red zone. That's kind of it's going to be a touchdown that salvages his day. He's, if yeah. he gets a red zone target, like it's touchdown dependent essentially. I'm not. And again, we know we know me. If we want to get me started, rant, rant, talk about the Packers paying Jimmy Graham what they're paying him. I'll rant about that. Um, oh God, this team misses Mike Mike Daniels so much. And if if they if they if they had just cut Graham, they could have used that money to keep Daniels or just not cut Daniels. I don't know why they had to do that. They could have won a Super Bowl this year <laughs> with Mike Daniels. They may still do it without Mike Daniels, but it'll. It, I don't know. That I think Daniels is a big reason why the run defense isn't that good because he's arguably one of the Packers' best run stuffers. So uh, they just haven't been able to do it. Which again, I, I think Johnson's in for a huge day, Alessandro. I think the only reason that the only aspect that you would say the Eagles are better than the Lions are is in terms of the run game is the, the offensive line. And I mean the the Lions' offensive line is pretty good. It's not a it's not a bad unit by any stretch. So. Um, I like Johnson, and I'm gonna. I haven't really looked into DFS yet this week. Uh, CFL DFS still takes a bit of priority. I'll get to that stream later, but uh, um, I think like he might be a really good DFS play this week if his price isn't too high. And he hasn't had a he had some good games, but it, it seems like Johnson either has the touchdowns or the yards. He hasn't put together one complete giant game, so his price might still be low enough that as a DFS play, Johnson may be one of the better plays of the slate in terms of the the value versus production although again that's a monday night game so you they may not be you'd have to play showdown contests for him so <laughs> now that i'm saying that a lot of contests don't won't have him in oh boy uh so yeah so uh if i mean if you're doing those showdown type slates then yeah i think johnson's a must play uh would have loved to have him in a like a full weekend slate because I, I do think he'd be a pretty good play but that i don't think a lot of sites offer monday night games on on their dfs slates or Monday night included in the main slate, that is. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's a lot of DFS talk, actually. Uh, so do you either of you have any final remarks for week six? Go Dolphins. Yeah, and I think I think that actually might be watchable. If I if I wasn't boycotting Washington games just on the principle of not wanting to hear that name said, uh, I'd probably actually watch that game. Go Jets. <laughs> And uh, go pack go. <laughs> there you go. And again, and uh, so one thing I actually want to address that I forgot to bring it up, Kayla. You're you're right though. In terms of the 
the Seahawks being maybe the favorite in the NFC right now, there really isn't a clear favorite in the NFC. So it very well could be the, the Seahawks. It could also be the Packers. But I think the if the Packers want to win the Super Bowl, they need to win games like this. They're at home against a division upon opponent. This is a game they should win, even with the injuries. Because, I, again, I mentioned uh, Preston Smith left the game. Darnell Savage left the game. Corey Lindsley left the game. I already mentioned Kevin King. Um, uh, Robert Tanyan left, but third-string tight end. Not as important as some of those other positions. Um, Zadarius Smith left the game about three different times, which I think happens every week. So I've, I'm not looking too much into that one. But it's it's guys like Preston Smith and Darnell Savage and, and Kevin King that I'm worried about. But uh, if the Packers could certainly make a statement here, go to 5-1, and one, have three division wins under their belt already, and finally not lose to the Lions, and certainly not at home, which, again, they've been doing a lot of lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- I think this is for the Packers. This is this is the game where they need to. I, I felt it was kind of that's what it was going to be for the the Cowboys. But if the Cowboys are just going to give it to you and you're going to be able to run through them like that, then it's okay. That's great. But I think the Lions are going to approach this game a little differently, and it's going to be can they stop carrying on Johnson? I don't know that they're necessarily going to be able to, but maybe the offense does enough to to win this game. Uh, but uh, I'd say all three of our teams could win this week, but I, I don't know. <laughs> That's that's a little too insulting to the Cowboys, I think. Not that I'm ever Whoa. too afraid of of insulting the Cowboys. Whoa! I think this is one of the better weeks that you could say that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Whoa! Hey, you guys I, are honestly, the most most important thing about all this, you guys are forgetting one thing. This is the NFL. Anything can happen. That's true. I would love to see the Jets beat the Cowboys. That'd be awesome. But listen, okay, so I have a Cowboys Clemson fan at my work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's the most obnoxious person to be around. Really, he is. There's no mm. way. I, he straight up said if the Jets beat his Cowboys, that he will go and work in another section for an entire month and not talk to anybody. I'm like, that will be the quietest month on earth, and I will love every second of it. Of course, if they're losing to the Jets, they're probably also not making the playoffs, so it'd probably be mostly a quiet season altogether. That's yeah, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so is this guy more obnoxious than I am? I like probably. you better than him. <laughs> you didn't say no, though. You just said you like me better, so that's... <laughs> e. <laughs> Thanks, Kayla, for the credit, though, for the, the probably. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I am pretty obnoxious, though. Um, but no, hopefully you'll... Hopefully you all like that, though, and that's why you listen, not necessarily because I'm obnoxious, because deep down there's enough solid fantasy content here, not from just from me, but from Kayla and Alessandro, to keep you all coming back. So we thank you all, listeners of the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. Uh, but be sure to follow us. Uh, the podcast can be followed on Twitter at FPC underscore fantasy pod. Kayla Morton at MortonSalt74, Alessandro at AM underscore Senator, and myself, Kyle Sunra, at Nyama underscore KS. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And also check us out on the Full Press Radio Network that's streaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Always great programs from Full Press Coverage Family, team-centric podcasts to, uh, I mean, there's hockey podcasts on there. Uh, get the puck out, and hockey season has started. So, you know, if you like hockey, go, go listen to that as well. Um, and all sorts of just yeah, great... And- and shout out, sorry, to Chris Mancuso, who does a lot of the hockey coverage. Uh, his son was born today, so he's now oh, a proud right, dad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. He, I remember him. Yeah, tweeting out that he, his wife was expecting. So yeah, yeah. Congratulations, Chris. And uh, I guess a new addition to the full press coverage family, so to speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Chris, uh, great guy. Good, does a lot of good stuff. Another Canadian, actually. So uh, <laughs> yay! I, that, I always approve of that. <laughs> I'm never. I'm not alone. Um, but yes, and uh, of course, thank you all, all our valuable listeners. We appreciate all of you. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. If there's stuff you want us to talk about, let us know because um, we're pretty flexible. As much as we love our format here, we're certainly uh, willing and able to rant about all sorts of topics. So we can certainly add in it's, other segments you know, that are actually planned and actually thought about. Instead of just me ranting about Jimmy Graham and Dan Snyder. We have to rant, man. We have to rant. Don't you know? Well, that was D-Rant. Durant. Hopefully I'm as good at this as Kevin Durant is at basketball. Probably not. Um, but anyway, yeah. So thank you all. This was... Uh, eventually we got there. Uh, this was a great episode of the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Any parting comments, Alessandro, Kayla? I know I usually ramble on for hours at the end, but... I'll let you guys give your two cents. No, I got my Go Dolphins earlier. We're good. I got my Go Jets, so we're good as well. All right, and uh, I guess this episode was a was a go. Was a, I thought it was a pretty good episode, so uh, hope, hopefully you all think that too, because what you, what you, our listeners, think is obviously more important than what we think, at least about the con- the quality of this. I mean, I think we give uh, pretty good advice and diversified enough. We're not all the same person. We're three individuals who... Well, and when we do agree, you know, then that's kind of looking those directions when we do agree. But uh, yeah, so thank you all. This was another episode, the week six preview of the Full Press Fantasy Pod.